Welcome to Locked On Badgers. It's Justin here, and with me as always is Ryan. Today we are going to dive into what we saw in the Minnesota-Wisconsin basketball game. One thing we liked, one thing we didn't like. From there, we're going to dive into our game MVP and least valuable player. And then finally, we will take a look at who is the most surprising Badger team we have seen in the last 20 years? Is it this year's basketball team? Tune in and find out. And once again, before we get rolling here, thanks for making Lockdown Badgers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So Ryan here, first thing we're diving into, looking at last night's game, what was one thing you liked about the way this Badger team played last night? Is it too easy to say we won? It probably is, huh? So let's <laughs> let's let's. It's probably a little too on the on the high high hitting analysis here on locked on. Yeah. Um, you know, here's something that I really liked about that game, and I think it's indicative of the team as a whole. Um, there is a continued just. We talked about it last show in our analytics versus eye test. We talked about winning close games, how maybe that is a bit of a luck thing. I also think there's a bit of a, a nails factor there. This team is always under the impression that they're going to make the plays at the end. And because of that, they play with a certain level of control. And I think we saw that again in the Minnesota game. You know, that game was close the entire time. Um, but it felt like, was to me, it always felt like Wisconsin was still going to win the game because they kept getting the type of shots they wanted. And for the most part, they just are able to execute down the stretch in tight games. So one thing I liked, I think it's just a continued presence of this clutch gene that this Wisconsin team has. No, yeah, I I would say for me, the biggest thing that I liked from it, we rebounded well. We rebounded really well. Wisconsin won the rebounding edge 38 to 19. We doubled them up in that game. And there were a ton of timely offensive rebounds. You know, I, that has definitely been a weakness of this team. So I love seeing them have a game where they kind of pull it together and Mm -hmm. get rolling, especially when we, we struggled in certain other areas in the game. What was something you didn't like? Uh, Well, I didn't like the officials, right? Like on both, both sides. (laughs) I thought there was, this is not like a, I didn't think it was slanted. Honestly, I didn't think it was slanted one or the other. I thought there was far too many. The block charge stuff I thought was nonsense. <laughs> I would say this. Let me give you something specifically Badger related that I didn't like, it, which deals with the officials. Johnny Davis is too important to fall out of games for Wisconsin. Now, some of that is isn't in his control. I thought there was at least one call I, I that was an offensive foul on him that I didn't like. I thought it shouldn't have been called. But right after he picked up his fourth foul on, let's just say a questionable foul. That was two plays later, he reached in defensively. Like you can't reach in with four fouls if you're Johnny Davis in that situation. Any- any guy that runs around a screen is going to slightly push off. And what we saw was a guy that blatantly flopped on that play. You're talking on the, his Johnny Davis is fourth, fourth follow. follow. Yep. Yeah. And I'm fine which, with which that being me. a bad call because mm-hmm. you're going to get bad calls in games, right? What, yeah. I, what I didn't like is he had, he's so important to the team and we know this, he can't be reaching in with four fouls yeah. because you, no, you're just not. too important. At that point, you just, just got to let give up the two points, give up the two points and count on yourself to yes. be the one that can can do more than that for your team. A hundred percent. Yourself. What's something you didn't like about that game? Something I, that you came out of it frustrated sure. with the, the beginning of the game. I thought our defense was terrible. Mm. Uh, there were three very in a short period of time, three dunks that really brought that team 
Minnesota around in that game. And that was, it, it gave them a lot of life and it was something the batters were playing well. Like we could not pull away because we kept giving these defensive lapses where we're just letting guys run free down the lane. And it's like, where is this coming from? Mm-hmm. Especially watching Tyler wall do it. Like he was, he was up on battle at least on one of those dunks. And I'm like, I'm not used to watching somebody just run around him mm-hmm. down the lane. It's not who Tyler wall is. One of the biggest things that we like about him is how gritty and how good of a defender he normally is. Um, to his credit, he played he played pretty well in this game. Uh, he mm-hmm. rebounded really well, but yeah, they definitely they let Minnesota hang around more than they should have, and because of that, they hung around the rest of the game. They gave him confidence. Yeah, those were all straight line drives, almost too, right? That wasn't yeah, that wasn't was excellent no action. It that was Minnesota not like somebody got running. their ankles broken, yeah, right, or it wasn't an elevator screen where they ran somebody off a dribble handoff, and it was like, God's yeah. ah, a great offensive set. No, he, there was a play Carlson got cooked too, and even though he was giving you know three feet to battle. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know how that happened. He was he gave him plenty of room, and it's just like he, his feet were in quicksand. Just got to move your feet better. Yeah, there was there was a lot of defensive lapses. Um, let's keep this going because I got a, I got a couple more things I liked and that we can fit into the segment. Um, how about Johnny Davis fouling out, which I didn't like. We talked about it. But then how about the bench and the team stepping up with Johnny Davis gone for two and a half minutes, the last yeah. two and a half minutes of the game, Wait. and locking we up had that a Davis. We had a Davis make a huge play, Heck and yeah, his name did. was not Johnny. Brother power, right? Jordan with a great cut. Yep. In that game to the hoop. Late Immediately the after his brother fouled lead. out. Yep. Yep. And uh, that was such a huge play. And he had a very timely three-pointer, too, where he did not hesitate at all. Just went straight up with it. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely the sign of a confident shooter. Um, it's good to see him be productive and play well. Like, it, he was efficient in this game. And that's something we've really struggled with with our, our bench is having guys, we may have guys that put some stats up. We really haven't had anybody that's been overly efficient. I still don't think we do by the way. No, we don't, but it was no, nice. But he to was see. in this game. Yeah. Yes, he was. Um, no, I think that's a huge sign though, right? Like if you go on the road in a tight game and you say um, you lose Johnny Davis for the last two and a half minutes, listen, I, I'm just going to assume we lose the game period. And it's not a knock on anyone else. It's just, that's how important Davis is. So to see um, – and Corral had a huge bucket in that stretch, too, after Davis went out. A nice turnaround as the shot clock was running oh, yeah. out. Uh, that, that was awesome. I mean, that was incredibly impressive for the team to basically carry those last two and a half minutes without Davis. I agree. And I didn't uh, expect we, it, by the way. I, it, it didn't fall, but the blow-by that Hepburn had was such a boss move there. Mm. Like, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm just going to cook you. And he totally just destroyed that guy that was covering him. He did that layup, but yeah. I, yeah. Now that is, that is a shot that, that is, yeah, as, as, as a junior, that's the type of thing that he's going to do mm-hmm. late in the game that you're going to look at it and be like, good Lord. He's going to make that, that bucket. Yep. By the way, that was, that was one of those things where he's attacking the left side of the rim and he, he finished with his right hand, you know, mm-hmm. as he gets older, he's finishing that with his left hand, probably yep. getting fouled and he's getting the hoop in the harm. Mm-hmm. Um, one more thing. You had anything else that you liked or Dan? Like I, I have one more thing that um, I liked. Well, one thing I, I will continue to say I like, and I've liked it the entire season, Johnny Davis's left hand. Mm. Mm. His left hand is incredible for a college yes, player. You normally see a guy go up with his, his and not be explosive on his offhand. Johnny Davis is explosive on his offhand. It doesn't matter. He just goes up, and the way he finished on that lay-in to the, at the end of the first half was just like, wow. How many other guys in college basketball can do that with their offhand? Not many. 
And not probably, that many can do have that kind of body control and ability to to elevate off the on the offside. No, nah, there's probably only a couple. Like Ivy can probably do it. Um, but yeah, there's there's only a couple that can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, really quick, last thing I just want to throw out there that that I really liked. Um, how about Crowell getting six free throws? So, I mean, we can talk about his whole stat line, but just getting to the line six times for Steven Crowell, that's an, that's an indictment on aggressiveness, being by the rim, you know, he getting contact, and he went five of six. I thought yeah. that was a really nice sign from Steven Crowell, getting to the line six times. Agreed. And we have not seen much of that from him. And I, I honestly think his lack of strength has been detrimental to him. He probably gets followed more than he gets credit for. The fact that he's not overly strong, it's less noticeable. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Shaq talks about that a lot too. In just not in not in terms of strength. Shaq does not have that problem. But in terms <laughs> of big men getting officiated different than guards, you know, yeah. whether you're a skinnier big man, you're not getting those whistles like a guard would. Even a big man doesn't get those whistles. So or if you're um, Johnny Davis. Or if you're Johnny Davis, you somehow <laughs> you just also don't get, don't get some of those whistles that you should. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we hope that that'll change in the future. Uh, coming up, though, we're, we have more on this game. Uh, we we want to talk a little bit about who the best player on the Badgers was in this game and who we thought maybe was the least impactful. And then we also have something we picked out of the box score that you know maybe surprised us and might surprise you guys, too. Today's show is brought, by, brought to you by a couple of wonderful sponsors. The first is Run Your Pool. Listen, March Madness, the most wonderful time of the year is coming up three weeks away. Everybody, it's, it's the one thing that unites this country in a divided landscape is brackets and pools. And March Madness, runyourpool.com does the best brackets out there, the best pools out there. Along with your standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types, Survivor, Pickaxe, where you're picking different scenarios, where your commissioner of your bracket can go through and help you out. Uh, both are really fun in their own way. They have options to edit all the scoring. Listen, way more options, way more intel to make all your picks. All stuff you will not find at the big boys. You won't find this at ESPN or CBS. Clearly, at Locked On, this is what we believe in. This is what we use. So we believe Run Your Pool is the best out there to do this March Madness pool setup. That's what we use. We're running our brackets there ourselves. That's what we're going to do. And if you want to compete against us, that's the place to do it. There's no truer test than that. So if you want a shot against us, um, a shot for cash prizes at runyourpool.com slash locked on. Runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your family and friends. If you enter Pure Madness, it's a special offer from Locked On. Enter Pure Madness at checkout and you get $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and likely beating you there. Today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built.com. This is the type of year, let's face it, guys, where you're stuck inside. It's hard to be healthy. It's hard to eat healthy. Built Bar is the perfect sidekick for your health journey. Throw it in your backpack. Go to the gym. You don't have to worry about eating some chalky, unappetizing protein bar. Built Bars have 130 calories or so, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 to 20 grams of high-quality protein to help you on your health journey. And the flavors are incredible. My favorite right now is churro. The churro bar tastes like what you're getting at the amusement park, but it doesn't have the 90 grams of sugar and the, the bad after effects, right? It is a healthy, delicious, and good-for-you alternative to all the other products on the market. Go to Built.com, use this in a really, really unique, fun, special offer. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, get 15% off your order. Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. You will not regret it. I promise you these, these products are incredible. LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at Built.com. 
Thanks for making Locked On Badgers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Justin, um, we teased this a little bit earlier. Let's talk a little more about this Minnesota game. MVP, maybe the most underwhelming player. I don't necessarily want to say least valuable player, but maybe the most underwhelming player in the stat, something from the box score that you picked out that really surprised you. Let's start with MVP for this game for you. Sure. I'm going to dive into this. My MVP was, was Stephen Crowell. Uh, he had a great game. Seven of nine field goals, five of six from the free throw line. Um, a trend with him that's been going on now for the last several games, he's really shot well from the outside and has come around. It's up to 34% on the season, which for him, as somebody who he started out kind of cold on the year. So he's, he's definitely trending in the right direction there. And he's a guy who, as he gets more confident, I think he can hit that at a high clip. I actually think he can take more shots from out there. And I'm hoping that he'll be more assertive because I think that will really open things up in the paint for him. Um, and he rebounded pretty well. I mean, he's, he he's never, he's, he's a guy who I don't know if he's going to be a great rebounder at any point in his career. If he puts on 15 more pounds of muscle, he'll probably be better in a year or two. We'll have more of those double digit games, but I don't know if he's ever going to be a guy who's consistently ever a double figure rebounder, but still great game for him. Carried the team 20. offensively. Yeah. Right. Like if, if, if you're giving, if you're getting 20 from Crowell, this team's almost never going to get beat. Mm-hmm. Right. And I say that this was a one point game, but, but still like that, that's an incredible game from Grouse. So that's a great choice. Um, it's the wrong choice, but it's a great choice. Uh, no, no. Like I think, I think if you look at it just from a pure who gave you the most in this game, it is Crowell, but my MVP is actually someone different. It's Jordan Davis. Um, and it's because we talked about the bench. We talked about how limited we are. You know, we talked, we already threw the number 20 out, right? Crowell had, had 20 points. Davis gave us 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I thought he looked really competent. Sometimes he does. Sometimes your bench dudes, you don't want them to, you don't, well, you always want guys to come in and, and be incredibly effective, but sometimes you just want them to come in and not be a problem. Right. And Johnny Davis came in and he wasn't a problem. He had a big three. He had a big bucket late, um, a couple nice rebounds. He's my MVP just because we so to desperately assist, to assist as well. We so desperately need somebody to come off the bench and give us quality minutes. And he did that today or yesterday. Yeah come off the bench and not be a negative, mm-hmm. a net negative. And he was, he was a positive or, or neutral. Like he didn't hurt you in that game at all. Agreed. Um, and that's huge for the bench, right? Just hold certain. Of course. Uh, I, if we're going to go least valuable player, I actually, <laughs> he could almost have a three-way tie in this. Oh, here we go. Be- because, because it, from a Johnny Davis standpoint, this was not a great game from him. Mm-hmm. didn't shoot well was three of nine from the field and was kind of oddly not assertive now he got banged around quite a bit in this game he had four turnovers mm-hmm. he fouled out obviously fouled out when they needed him most but he's not the only one who played poorly in this game brad davison again is has been probably the most bipolar player we've we've had in a season in a while you're so he down be, on him well, he can be a flamethrower at times, and he can also have games where he's just terrible. He shot 25% from the field, one of six from three. Now he hits – one thing I will say about Davison is even when he's not shooting well, he's always just locked in from the line. Mm-hmm. He does not miss free throws. Um, it, and almost never in a timely moment. No, he's um, clutch. So he, he does a lot of secondary things well, but he's also a guy that can make the game closer than it should be just because he – He's not necessarily the most efficient player offensively at times. And then Chucky Hepburn 
did not have a great game and he missed some really timely free throws. Mm-hmm. And those free throws were borderline a killer in this game because they were, they were shots that could have salted this away. And he didn't, he was one of five from the line and that was a struggle, man. So who, who is your, your, who's your pick here for most, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm I, like, say, I like most underwhelming more than least sure. valuable for some Yeah. I, I'm going to say most underwhelming for me was probably Davis. And okay. I say it because he, he made a couple of boneheaded mistakes in a mm-hmm. really important time in the game and it could have very well cost them. So for he, me, the, no, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I, I mean, Davis following out too. You can't foul out as the best player in this team in a yep. close game on the road. Um, but Especially still, not on that follow. Yeah, that's the thing that reach you can't reach is for fouls, bro. Especially here's the other thing too, real quick to segue out of it. In a game where the refs are really calling a lot of ticky tack things, you definitely yep. can't reach there. Um, but I'm still gonna go with Hepburn. Like I, I think Davis, Davis still had, uh Johnny Davis still had nine rebounds. He still commands so much attention that even when he doesn't score a lot, I think <laughs> his cumulative effect is pretty big. You can't go one for five from the free throw line as the point guard, Chucky mm-hmm. Hepburn. So I'm gonna go with Hepburn. I just think the the free throw shooting in a close game. Like that's the type of stuff that loses a game in March, right? Mm-hmm. When your when your point guard goes one for five from the line. Yep. So, we you and I both love Hepburn. We love the future oh, yeah. there. Um, but in this game in particular, one for five from the line. That's who I'm going with. Well, I mean, and that's that's kind of the thing we're saying here is that he's a guy who we've come to to look at as playing mm-hmm. like an upperclassman. So this is out of character for him to have a game like he did. Like he's been ice from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Like how many late game free throws have we watched him just? come up and hit him clean like nothing oh, he's got an old man's game yep. uh, he, he's he's really really solid so and it's surprising expression to see him never those. changes mm-hmm. how about um something from the box score something from the, the the box score that stands out to you that surprised you or that you think explains the game in a certain way well it was it was clearly rebounding in this game our offensive rebounding in this is probably what what saved the game and and the biggest moment in the game was ironically an offensive rebound where Tyler wall punched it back out mm-hmm. to Brad Davison. And it was, it ended up getting him to the free throw line. You know, it was a huge moment where if Minnesota grabs that, I think we were only up two at that point and it would have been a chance for a tie rather yep. than, than, you know, us being able to go up four, which is what eventually happened and made it so that they couldn't win. Which is a huge, yeah, that was a huge, huge moment. Um, that's a really good one. And I had that written down as well. I'm going to go, just not repeat. I'm going to go to a different spot um, and actually kind of a positive. It's a positive, actually, that sounds like a negative, but it's it's wrapped around the fact that this has been such a poor shooting team this year. So Wisconsin on the season is shooting about 31% from three. Mm-hmm. That's really bad, folks. We shot it is. 35% this game. So really, it's a difference of making another shot or two, which if, you, if you're talking about a game that finished 68 to 67, you know, that's what we talk about with Wisconsin, by the way. We don't talk about Wisconsin – what are they going to look like if they become a really good three-point shooting team? Because yeah. listen, folks, that's not going to happen. Yeah. But what what can they be if they just become a mediocre team for a couple of games, right? And that's what they did in this oh, game. Yeah. You shoot thirty five percent from from deep. That's okay, and that's better than we've done this year. So I'm going to go with that as a stat that kind of helped us carry the day. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and dive into our last segment here. In just a moment. But first, we have a message from Bet Online. Bet Online, football might be over for this season, but basketball is full steam for both pro and college hoops. 
from the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC. Head to the website today as, or use your mobile device. Uh, I know I've checked it out just the other day. I was looking at some props to potentially see, you know, what was going on with the Badger game. And, you know, I made a couple of, you know, over-under bets that I was a big fan of there. And, uh, yeah, I, you can't get enough of the, the using that app as of late. But bet online where the game starts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You know, diving into this, you know, this third segment here was something that we've, we've both kind of thought about since early this season, the most surprising Badger team. I think you and I both coming into this year, we had very limited expectations with such a young team. And my thoughts on this, I was going to be happy if we were, if we could find a way to be about around 500 on this. Mm-hmm. Season. I thought it would be a really good season for such a young team. It would likely mean that we had some games where we looked really good and some games where we just had clunkers and we are 22 and five right now. Mm-hmm. We are so, not a bubble team. Which we, are, is, we are definitely not again, coming into this, this year. I thought we'd be lucky to be a bubble team. This is a team that with the, with a, if they win these next three games and has a strong big 10 tournament potentially could find themselves on the two line. Mm-hmm. So that's incredible. So most, most, is this the most surprising Badger team in the last 10 or 15 years, oh. football or basketball? And I, I'll tell you right now, I, I got one for you that may give it a run. So this team okay. to me is incredibly surprising. I just thought the youth of the team, I didn't see Johnny Davis becoming this good this quick. I Like like you said, I thought this was going to be a 500-ish team. And the Big Ten's good. Yeah. So it's also a good conference. Yeah. The schedule's tough. The other conference was tough. They have blown my expectations out of the water. And Gregor's done an excellent job. I'll give you one that surprised me in a bad way that I think rivals this. You ready? Yep. The 2018 football team <laughs> started the season ranked, I think fourth. They were Number definitely four. top five. Um, ended up losing a game to at home to an incredibly mediocre BYU team. Yep. You know, barely had. I mean, that that team was a complete disaster by the end of the year, right? Oh yeah. And you you were coming into that year. Wisconsin was on the cover of Sports Illustrated with the five offensive linemen huddled around. Yeah. You had an you know the incredible running back. The receivers are coming back from that team. You know, Alex Hornibrook had that Orange Bowl game against Miami, mm-hmm. and bro, the wheels fell off. So to me, that team was maybe more surprising than this team. It's just in the opposite way. I mean, if we're going to dive down that avenue, it, it's hard to, to have watched football that was poorer than our offense was to start this year. But the, but the expectations weren't as high this year. That, that is fair. That is definitely fair. I would agree. We were we were predicted we were a playoff dark horse mm-hmm. in 2018. and We, we were, were on Sports <laughs> Illustrated. Yeah, yeah. 
And we most definitely did not acquit ourselves in that manner. Um, the defense lost two really, really important defensive linemen. Loudermilk was out for the bulk of that season. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe uh, who was the other guy tore his Achilles in preseason camp. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I know we shifted uh, Lyles over, but we yeah. don't even need to get into the reasons of it so much in yeah. terms of just is this team is yeah. Do you think this is the most surprising Badger team you've you've seen in a while, or is there another team that you can think of like I thought of with the 2018 team? I. I honestly think this basketball team is because I think my expectations were not remotely this. And I find myself having legitimate expectations for this team now mm-hmm. based off where we are like anything less than a sweet 16 with what we're seeing, I think would be underwhelming to me, which is now, crazy. It is. And, and, and I, maybe I shouldn't be setting myself up with that because this is a team that does have its flaws and they, they can't shoot straight at times. So if they hit a team that's can't miss, they could be in really oh, yeah. big trouble. Yeah. Um, but they also have Johnny Davis, who I think is going to be completely – he is going to be refed completely different in the NCAA tournament than he is in the Big Ten. And that's going to really benefit him. I just want to um, frame so this I, for you. You're basically saying a team that you thought was maybe going to be 500-ish at the beginning of the year, if they don't make the Sweet 16 now, you are going to be disappointed. Yes, that is correct. Okay, I think it's fair. I just it's just a wild turnaround. Yeah, I, I think they're a dark horse for the the final four. I think that really depends on the draw that they get and and how teams are playing, but I think that they're capable of it. I I wouldn't bet on it, but I think that they're definitely their ceiling is if they shoot well, which which we don't see often, but they have had nights where they they definitely play well offensively. They don't make the mistakes that a lot of the high octane high scoring teams do like anyone that's watched like Duke or Kentucky and some of them, they're a lot sloppier than what Wisconsin normally is. And that Mm -hmm. kills you in, in March. Yeah. What a ride. Is there a part of this? um, And maybe we'll wrap up on this. Is there a part of this where it feels like you're playing with house money? Just because, it, just because of where you thought we would be to where we are now. Like, I get the expectations. The expectations should change over the course of a season, yeah. right? Like, I agree with that. However, like, given what we've seen this year, what we expected, I don't know. Part of me just feels like we're playing with house money, and I'm kind of just enjoying the ride. And if we don't make the Sweet 16, I don't know if I'm going to be that upset. I, I guess it's I, I should be feeling that way. But, but you don't. <laughs> but I'm, I'm a harsh grader. Um I know they're capable of it. So for me, it's like, uh, you guys, unfortunately are victims of your own success. So I look at it and it's like, I've seen how well you can play. So don't, don't step on your toe now. And, uh, I, I I'll be honest. I, I, if regardless of what happens going forward, I will be happy with this team and mm. think that they had a great season. There's, there's no denying that they are way ahead of schedule. Um, that being said, I'm really hopeful for them because I do think there's a lot of talent here. And I definitely think that they're capable of shocking a few teams. Agreed. All right, guys. Well, Hey, listen, thanks for listening to locked on Badgers. Uh, we recapped the Minnesota game, went over the, the most valuable, least valuable players coming up on, on shows that we, we, we have a lot of things coming up, a lot of content. We're going to try to get some interviews on that you guys are really going to enjoy. So uh, really appreciate everyone listening. If you want to follow the show, you can always go to our Twitter at locked on Badgers. 
Um, we'll respond to any comments. If you have any questions that you want us to address, um, you can shoot us those on there. And like I said, we appreciate all the listening and all the support. Um, thanks as always for making Lockdown Badgers your first listen every day. Continue tuning into Lockdown Badgers for the Badgers basketball run into March. And, you know, spring football is coming up. So we're going to start diving into that positional previews, interviews, uh, what's going on on the football front, especially with all the new coaches we fired. So definitely look forward to some of those shows coming up in the future. And after you get done listening to us with your first listen, jump over to Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL quarterback Eric Crocker, who, by the way, is a fantastic listen. He has great insight, uh, brings the NFL Draft to life every day with analysis on college football prospects, NFL front offices. Just like our show, it's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, guys, so much, and we really appreciate you listening.